0: or Salem Media Group. Welcome to The Advocate
1: with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you for sharing your Sunday nights with us tonight, uh, even though it's cold and snowy and icy and everything else out there. But it is January, and we're starting the year with uh, Nan Baker, none other, from our Cuyahoga Council going to give us some updates on what we're looking at here in Cuyahoga County. Nan Baker, thank you so much for joining us again.
2: You're welcome, and it's good to be here again. Another year.
1: Another year. I
2: believe it's 2019.
1: We've been with you since the state legislature, since before the state legislature. So how many years have you been doing this with us now?
2: Well, I was at the Ohio what? House uh, for eight years and two-year <laughs> terms, so I was uh, term limited in 2016. Uh, got appointed to Cuyahoga County Council in 2017 and have been there now 2 years and I'm grateful on the November ballot I was reelected and I'll start my first term or I already have and been sworn in for another 4 years until 2022
1: Well you're watching me grow old uh and you're <laughs> you're staying very young looking you. so that's very those good Those are my rules <laughs> <laughs> So but those years they I mean I'm constantly yeah. amazed at how quickly the years go by And uh, in switching from the legislature where you're dealing with that state budget down to the county with the county budget and seeing several cycles now go through the county. um, Well, first off, let me ask you, how do you like it at the county level? And is it easier to manage than dealing with the state issues in any way?
2: Yeah, a lot of people will ask me that. And I think the best way to describe the differences, because I I came from school board, Mm -hmm. and I was elected to Westlake City Council, and then on to the Ohio House, and here I am now in the county. So I've had a lot of different levels of government. Um, They all have a common thread, but they're all very different, too. And so I would say that the Cuyahoga County Council is different from the State House. State House, of course, you have the, the entire state. And uh, although my five cities that I represent are exactly the same, Westlake, Rocky River, North Olmsted, Fairview Park, and Bay Village, um, they are. it's a very different position. Uh, we still are responsible for overseeing the budget. So there's the common thread that um, I see. Uh, we're closer to the constituents because it's a county and not the state. So we tend to do more with community programs and uh, the needs and understanding uh, what's out there right in your own backyard Mm -hmm, or the community mm -hmm. that you serve. How how did
1: 2017 and especially 2018 go? Because it took probably a good two years to get uh, sort of into the rhythm of the cycle of how the county works.
2: Yeah, well, having the background of the Ohio House, it didn't seem too difficult to jump in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always who's who, you know, what are the roles, um, who do you talk to, how do you help constituents, where do you need to go, Those are probably the learning, but as far as understanding how the county runs and how the cities depend on a good county and how the state uh, is uh, dependent by the county to um, deliver what it is that they need, all those things seem to fall in place. I didn't really have, didn't feel like I had too much of a learning curve uh, once I had a few months in.
1: You know, what were some of the problems that uh, we'd left 2018 with at the county level. I'm sure everything wasn't smooth and peachy.
2: Right. Well, things are ongoing. You know, one Mm -hmm. year blends into the next. Uh, We've had our share of uh, challenges there at the county. Uh, Probably the first that was front and center was the economic development and the loans that unfortunately were lost track of. And so we had to really stay on top of that department to make sure that those loans were accountable, and even though they may have been older loans, even before the new government, we still had to be accountable for the dollars that were out there. Um, so that has really come full circle, and I feel good about uh, that department now, and they are, um, they're on track for a much better uh, way of helping our constituents, especially our businesses and those looking for workforce training. All of that is in a be- much better place than it was two years ago.
1: You know, at the end of uh, 2018, and and even now we're going through the longest federal government shutdown ever. Uh, is that affecting the county at all?
2: It's really not. Um, we haven't felt what's re- what has really hurt us is the Medicaid sales mm-hmm. tax. The mm-hmm. loss of that—that's uh, a pretty big hit. It's multi. We, we lost out. that
1: in 18. Sometime
2: we did. We lost it in. Uh, I believe it may have been even. June of 17 going into 18, Mm -hmm. Um, but the full impact now is certainly before us, and uh, that, although I think we will be okay in balancing our budget just because we have been thinking about it and preparing for it, it will be more impactful as years go on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I think we talked about that earlier. That uh, this loss of this revenue is going to affect a group like RTA, probably very. Yes, diff- it does. Uh, how did it hit them? Are, are they doing okay, or will the county have to be yeah. allowed? Somehow? Well,
2: the county really isn't responsible. They're well, an independent officially. board, yeah, right. right? They we appoint uh, some of the members to the RTA board, mm-hmm. but they are independent um, to uh work their own finances and if they wanted to put something on the ballot they have the power to do that so we really don't have that much engagement with rta i do chair a committee that we have absorbed the transportation issues into it to mm-hmm, hear mm-hmm. what it is that they're doing but um but the responsibility really does lie on on those that are there Uh, running RTA.
1: Any any rumors on how they're doing? I haven't heard anything much about that. Well,
2: there's been talk of perhaps putting something on the ballot. There's been talk because the CEO is uh, going to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Calabrese will be stepping down. Uh, They've had some internal issues um, with one of their board members, the president of the board, with uh, unfortunately being paid for health care when he shouldn't have been. And that went on for That's quite a few years, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: is he going to pay that back?
2: I don't think he is. Oh, but he is no longer part of the board.
1: Right, um, right.
2: I don't, you know, I don't know where where that is to tell you the truth. Like I said, we're mm-hmm. not part of that. That's part of their governing mm-hmm, uh, is mm-hmm. to oversee their their board and their members, um, but they need to really strengthen their own house before they can come forward and ask for more dollars.
1: Well, let's go back to 2018 and look at some of the achievements and good things. What are yeah, you, you can't go through government and serving all this time and everything without having any moments of satisfaction.
2: Um, I'm excited to say mm-hmm. that uh, I was able to uh, work with my colleagues, and there is a casino revenue dollars that mm-hmm. we have through our community development committee right, right. that we're able to um, find projects in our area that perhaps we can fund uh, these aren't taxpayer dollars. These are casino dollars that were arranged for the county to get specific. I think we get like $7 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, $1.2 million is going to Rocky River to uh, reconstruct the Brad Street Landing Pier. Um, so I'm really, Rocky River's excited. The people that live nearby, it's been uh, closed for a while. Um, but it's a, a place where people can go. It's a park and... Um, they should be hopefully open in 2020.
1: Well, that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, that's really – and I actually at the Ohio House, I was mm-hmm. able to, through another state grant for community projects, uh, get another 350000 mm-hmm. for the same project. So we've been <laughs> – so You've where been. I'm going, I'm able to uh, – Get the funding that certainly does uh, Gee, help. Them. We could
1: tell everywhere Nan Baker yeah. has been. She's taking yeah. some money for uh, it has been a, for her district. It's been a good project. Her. Yeah, well, streets
2: that, and roads is always something mm, that we're always mm. fighting for. Um, our senior centers are always looking for support, so you know we have to make sure we don't lose the uh, understanding that the West Shore districts mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. people that are also in need that sometimes get overlooked. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of places for me to be um, active uh, in trying to represent my my district.
1: Well, it always was, and seems like it still is a juggling act of some sort yeah. uh, to keep everything active and to stay engaged in everything to see what's going on.
2: There's a lot going on.
1: There, there was some talk, I think, last time uh, that came up about the uh, county jail and issues there. What, what's happening with that?
2: Well, um, anyone who has been reading the papers mm-hmm. or on the news, mm-hmm. County jails are going through a complete uh, reassessment. The U.S. marshals were called in and gave a pretty um, poor overview of how those county jails are um, are being handled. Mm-hmm. So we, although it is really the executive that has the authority to hire who he needs to hire, and the directors who manage it we at County Council members need to um, step in and oversee it.
1: Well, that's one of the many, many things that the county does. We're talking tonight to Cuyahoga County Council Member Nan Baker, who's back with us uh, after sharing many years with us. (laughs) She's back for another. Thank you for coming.
4: Absolutely. Uh,
1: This is Nick Phillips. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words with more of Nan Baker, so don't go away.
5: You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips & Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips & Millie at 440-243-2800.
4: This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at SelectInsService.com. 440-237-8555, or SelectInsService.com.
1: Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs
3: how's your back Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free
6: at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care.
7: Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. This is WHK,
1: Color
0: Channel 14, Cleveland Radio, where your hearing swings, where your hearing swings.
1: Welcome back, Cleveland, Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate and That old WHK jingle I always like takes me way back. And uh, again, to remind everyone, WHK is like, I think, the oldest uh, radio station here in Ohio with those call letters. So we're Mm -hmm. listening to a historic radio station here tonight. (laughs) But we're talking to Nan Baker. And uh, I I don't say but we're talking to Nan Nan Baker. We're very pleased to have her in the studio tonight. Thank you. Talking about uh, what's going on in in the county government. So, Nan, thank you again.
2: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, the the county for 2019, and these years just keep rolling on by, as yes. they say. Uh, there are are things that uh, you're going to be working on. That's on the uh, on the queue, on the agenda to get things done. And one of the things we were talking about during the break was uh, in the last election there was a uh, there was an issue dealing with the Cuyahoga County Inspector General. Uh, first off, for the listeners who might not be familiar with what that military-sounding title is all about, what, what is the Inspector General and what, what problems do we have or did we have that are now changed with that new uh, law signed uh, passed by the people?
2: Well, the Inspector General is someone who um, is autonomous. He has the independency to be able to review and uh, research and also hear any complaints that may come anonymous or those that come forward of anything that's going on in, in county government. So if he hears something in a department, which he was the probably the lead in the economic development, letting us know that there were loans out there that uh, we really haven't, don't have our arms around, and um, we needed to uh, be aware of that. And since then, recommendations were made, and we followed them, and we were uh, asking that department very frequently, how are you doing on it? how are the loans looking? What are the numbers? How many have you been able to um, reach out to um, and that's that's his job he is he listens to the whistleblowers he um, has that uh, that is his job the um on the ballot in November was passed uh, he now has subpoena power, so he doesn't have to go to the executive or Um, He he doesn't have to go through the prosecutor's office. He can now uh, subpoena anyone or any record that he may need without any pushback. Um, I waited until after the ballot and after the voting was finished to offer an additional reinforcement for the inspector general. Um, I chair the council operations, intergovernmental relations, and public transportation. It's a mouthful Mm -hmm. committee. But that committee uh, also heard the charter amendments mm-hmm. that were on the ballot. And um, once that was finished, I said, I think we need to reinforce the Inspector General one more step, and that is when he does make these recommendations or he makes investigations and calls upon them to take certain actions, that they should take them, or they should at least answer it. And so Ordinance Number twenty eighteen zero zero one three. Will require the county agencies or departments that he is investigating to respond in writing why it is they either agree or disagree, maybe have a different plan. Um, it doesn't, it's, it's not saying that the inspector general is right. It only says that he has found a weakness and we need the directors to be accountable for that. Uh, for that investigation. Is the
1: inspector general position an appointed position? Is it is
2: appointed by the county executive and confirmed by council.
1: So, uh, well, is it subject to political removal opposed to it someone an, out there right, it would doing take a good a, job?
2: Right. It would take a supermajority mm-hmm. of the county council to have him eliminated. And he is um, termed. So every mm-hmm. four years, we uh, would take a look at his term.
1: Can the county executive just terminate him and no. replace him? That has to be through the console. Yes. Okay, so that's a good check and balance there yes. for that. Yes. What kind of activity has been going on with the uh, inspector general's office there? Have, have people been making complaints? Have they been uh, filed with the county?
2: Yep, there's, you know, he, um, he takes the complaints. He works through his inspector general mm-hmm. agency. Uh, we don't always know what it is that he's working on until he's ready to tell us what he's working on. Those that rise to the level where he thinks the prosecutor's office should get involved, Mm -hmm. he will then hand it to the prosecutor's office. We may not know what it is that he's handing them until time comes that that we would find out.
1: Are there any cases now that have been sent over from the inspector general over to the prosecutor yet, or anything like that happening?
2: Well, there was the, um, the, if anyone has been reading, the um, computer... Mm -hmm. Highland software and the possible collusion of our county employee and their county employee who were um, partners. Mm -hmm. And so the contracts that were given to a couple that were uh, probably shouldn't have recused themselves looked suspicious. And so that was something that uh, was taken over to the prosecutor's office since then. Um, one person has left. They were on paid leave. It went to unpaid leave, and that person now resigned first of the year. There is another person in the IT department that is also on um, non-paid leave, and many subpoenas have been getting have been um, given. Many records have been taken. Many emails have been looked at. Um, it's uh, it's an ongoing, but that came from. The Attorney General.
1: Well, it's so good to have a watchdog out there, and uh, it seems to be working, and will work even better in the future. Here, yep. what else is happening in 2019?
2: Well, our our plate is full. I mean, we have um, we certainly have a budget that we need to um, to make sure we balance. Uh, we'll be working on that next week. I am a member of the Finance Committee, so I'm I'm glad to, to be able to be engaged in that. Um, I have my my ordinance that I'll be putting through next week. Um, trying to bring more accountability. Um, we have the what's called the ERP, internal uh, county com- computer system. We've been spending a lot of time. In fact, we felt that we had to hire a um, consultant to keep us up to speed to know what was going on because it's a $25 million computer system uh, taking care of our HR, our payroll, all the internal workings, public works, And it didn't seem that it was going on a good track. So, uh, And then we had all these uh, other issues with the IT department. Um, So we hired a consultant, and we've been meeting with him pretty regularly, giving us an update uh, objectively as to how this computer system is going and are we going to meet the deadlines, are we going to stay in budget. Um, All of those things um, have consumed a great deal of time.
1: You know, speaking of large ticket items, how are we doing with our our roads and projection for our road programs coming up next year?
2: Well, you this know year. we right this year we We wait for the NOACA report, and uh that is due time of course, um our local governments certainly let us know where they think the weaknesses are um Hilliard Boulevard that uh mayor Bopes have been has been trying to get funding for, we were able to get funding last year. So that's a huge undertaking there in Rocky River. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolf Road in Bay Village is another uh, area that uh, Mayor Kumar is uh, also working hard to try to get some funding. But uh, roads and bridges is always front and center when it comes a lot of to money. A lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money comes from federal, state, and then county, and then also mm-hmm. local dollars.
1: We see Sprague Roads coming up on the list uh, between. One hundred thirtieth and Webster, yes. in Strongsville and Middleburg Heights.
2: A lot of uh, there's been dollars dedicated to that, trying to get uh, get that roadway.
1: How are we doing with the uh, children's services and other services? I know that's a big chunk of the budget, isn't
2: it? It is, and uh, we unfortunately had a um, some very serious um, issues with the child, um, and child and family services, and uh, one young girl died in the custody of a mother and boyfriend, and they were... Were they
1: foster parents? Were they No,
2: she was the mother. Biological mother. Yes, and um, she now is going through the court system, and uh, there are many people that feel the county let down the oversight of this young girl.
1: They were engaged with the yes, county?
2: Yes, she was under the, uh, mm-hmm. at least under the care of social workers to... Um, to oversee it. You know, the one thing I can say as my service in Cuyahoga County, especially as you get closer to the inner city, there are so many needs. I mean, these social workers are in places that um, they find children that are in dysfunctional families mm-hmm. and drugs and alcohol and um, violence, and um, they should really be given, you know, a lot of credit for what it is that they do. It was unfortunate that this young girl, and I think that they have really over um, really checked their own way of doing business, but you can't underestimate the kind of work that they're in and the pressure they're under and the huge turnover we have with our social workers. Because well, what's the
1: solution to that? Um, more, well, more staff? Uh, I think that's one rules. of,
2: well, of course it's always money. You mm-hmm. know, more money invested. I think uh, protocol of, of procedures and policies need to be looked at. Um, more social workers, we think, probably they're, they're overworked, um, underpaid, as they say. But um, it, is, uh, it is a need that uh, we've been front and center uh, on this past year, and improvements are being made. It well, is, it's
1: uh, going to be um, another grinding year <laughs> for us. Uh, <laughs> Nan Baker and the rest of the county council here. So thank all of you for your service in the county and thank you. watching what's going on. And especially thank you for coming up here tonight and giving us a look inside the county government. It's
2: a pleasure. I'll be back.
1: Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break uh, after thanking Nan Baker. Nan Baker, thank you. And we'll be back after these words. We're going to have uh, Sean Belding talk to, talk to us about marketing issues. So if you're in business out there, uh, listen up on how to market. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be back. Don't go away.
4: gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com.
1: Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance
0: needs. WHK Cleveland.
5: You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body, and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what is expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it is up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips & Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case, or think you may... Call the law firm of Phillips & Millie at 440-243-2800.
3: How's your bet? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free.
6: at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care.
1: Welcome back Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about marketing, and we're going to be talking about marketing in the year 2018 and how things have changed. And with us is Sean Belding, uh, an expert in modern marketing. Sean, thank you for joining us.
8: Thank you, Nick. I'm looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your background in involving marketing.
8: Well, marketing has been, uh, I guess, in different ways, uh, <coughs> almost all my my adult life. Uh, I, I began working in uh, in uh, advertising agencies, national and international agencies, and um, and I went from there to uh, to just uh, from there to uh, I get get rich. I decided to get rich. I was going to own a chain of retail toy stores, which. Um, which uh, <laughs> should not last nearly as long as I wanted them to, but um, but uh, for the last 27 years, uh, our company, the building group of companies, uh, we focus on helping companies improve their customer experience through training and development and consulting, uh, and customer service levels. And so it, it all is. And, and what's what's interesting is, you know, way back when when I was working in advertising. You know, which was focusing on the marketing and the strategic aspect of it, and I'm finding now that the whole world of customer experience is the new marketing in in many, many ways. so uh, i'm I'm able to draw on a lot of my past experience in that case.
1: Well, we talk about customer experience being sort of the focus, How does that different than what we were doing in the past, where we'd have like print advertising and radio advertising and those kinds of things. And now we have uh, social media and uh, the internet and so forth.
8: It, well, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting question, and it, uh, you know, we could probably spend four days talking about it, because I, I get kind of geeky when I talk about these. Um, in some ways, it's really very much the same. Uh, certainly when I was involved in advertising, and again, in the marketing side of things, is that we were really focused on um, on tapping into what customers' needs were and sort of leveraging that to send a message. But um, but the difference now, and that—that's what social media does. The difference now is that when when I was in in agencies, we controlled the message. We a, a company, we'd say, "Here's our brand. Here's our brand strategy. Here's the unique selling proposition or the value proposition," and and we could push that. And and as long as it resonated with people, we were good to go. We people have no control over their brand strategy now. The customers are the ones that that are in control. Social media. You can you can put anything you want uh, on your in an ad or on a website or in something that's in print, um, but if the people that are talking about you aren't saying those same things, then it's meaningless.
1: Well, it uh, sounds like a lot of effort still is put in marketing when you have people looking at how to get their businesses going, and one of the things that struck me is that you mentioned. How you can use various things uh, in your experience or in your business experience to use it uh, in a helpful way toward marketing and you use the frontier airlines experience well, tell us about that
8: well that was a that was an interesting uh, i it was an interesting little clip that, that I caught and got a chance to look at it and, <laughs> and and it was one of those things where it was oh my goodness you had such an amazing opportunity to create a positive experience and you kind of blew it um the frontier that is
1: um what, what, hap- what happened what happened yeah tell us what happened yeah, but, at frontier what, what what's the incident well
8: uh, they had uh, there were there were two young children and uh, I, I don't remember, recall the age of the top i, I want to say six years old and nine years old they were mm-hmm. flying from I, I think iowa um into orlando Alone. and uh, <laughs> And they were flying alone. They were flying unaccompanied, and that, that's normal. That happens all the time. And Frontier, who's been advertising, hey, you can send your kids with us and trust your kids with us, um, they had, you know, of course, they had a pro- protocol in place where there's always somebody to look after them. Well, make a long story short. The, the plane, due to weather, got rerouted and didn't land in Orlando. It ended up landing uh, in Atlanta, I believe. And, uh, and the parents are worried sick. Now, the thing is, the kids were fine. The kids were looked after from beginning to end. There was never anybody not with them, not looking after them. They got on the next flight back. But what they didn't have was a simple protocol for contacting the parents. So had the parents not had an app that showed that the plane had been redirected to Atlanta, they'd have no idea what was going on. It, and the, the children, eventually one of the kids had to borrow the cell phone from another child that was in the same position. um to contact mom and dad and tell them what was going on. They had the airline hadn't bothered to call them at all. So from a process point of view, Frontier was doing it right at, at least in terms of looking after the kids. But what they didn't do was look after the parents and anybody who has right. children. You can imagine how terrifying that was.
1: Well, well, it would um, be losing your precious cargo like that. So, so <laughs> the what? ultimate precious cargo (laughs) oh my goodness yeah yeah well i remember that because they had to stay overnight in a hotel with an airline employee and all that kind of thing uh but but how how could this be viewed as something good or a good opportunity for the airline
8: well if you think about it i mean again for a parent there's nothing that certainly nothing that is more dear to you than your children so if you look after somebody's children um I mean, you're going to be that company's hero, like, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and have they imagine if they just had a protocol that, as the plane got redirected, it's not like there's that many children you know, on a plane that are unaccompanied, that somebody just makes a quick call says, hey, here's what's happening. We're going to keep you uh, apprised to what's going on. Everything's going to be fine. Here's the situation. When they land, if somebody says, hi, my name's Fred. Here's my phone number. I'm the one looking after your kids. Everything's going to be great. Call me any time of the day or night. Um, you know, uh, uh, and they let the kids. Imagine how comfortable the parents would feel. I mean, I mean, that's the kind of thing that would have been positive social media uh, everywhere had they had that system in place. But unfortunately, they did the they didn't do that. And then when the parents were upset about it, the response from the airline was, "Well, we didn't do anything wrong. We followed our protocol, and you know, we made sure the kids were safe." Oh my! So. Well, in it's shades of, what, two years ago or a year and a half ago when Dr. David Dow on the uh, United Airlines plane got dragged off and United's first response was, well, we were just following our protocol.
1: (laughs) When will they learn, (laughs) yes. Uh, Well, well, especially with uh, cell phone cameras and easy access to YouTube and Facebook with videos taken on the scene, Uh, are, are the... Airline, just using this one example of Frontier Airlines and, and flying unaccompanied minors. Uh, did the other airlines uh, have they had different protocols? Did they have this taken care of, or is this a wake up call for all the airlines?
8: I don't know the answer to that. I, I do know that uh, that all airlines have a um, do have a protocol for unaccompanied children, uh, and uh, and they're they're usually uh, certainly from. From what I've heard, uh, uh, they're usually pretty good with it. Um, but one of the things that all airlines suffer from, uh, and even the good ones, even the ones like Southwest that are that are uh, or JetBlue that are uh, really industry leaders in North America when it comes to um, customer experience, um, even they are challenged uh, sometimes with 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 their communication. And it's because they're big; uh, they fly like zillions of passengers every single day um and uh, and they they sort of forget about that one-on-one experience uh, because they're too busy dealing with the masses.
1: Yeah, I would see where having uh the capable relationships uh with that. It's just like dealing with a, a a church or a hospital no matter what the reputation is, uh every individual participant or member uh is going to um sort of look at their experience based upon what person they've been dealing with. So a hospital is a great hospital if they had a great nurse. Uh, like, likewise, a church, if there's a great clergyman, then it's a great church. And the contrary is also true. Uh, now, how do we incorporate this in into business as a general rule? Have, have people not been doing this? Is this some type of news? <laughs>
8: What? Not been looking after people. Well, well, not not the, not
1: not really focusing on the customer experience as the as the holy grail uh, to to make sure that customer service is something everyone's focused on.
8: They. Uh, it's been interesting that that as uh, as technology has grown and people are, uh, companies are leveraging technology. Uh, to, to some wonderful, wonderful uh, outcomes. Uh, they're using it. But one of the things that's happened is that is that we have people, the, the phrase big data, of course, is, is all through. We, we talk here about big data and how companies are leveraging it, uh, particularly for you know, CRM, for marketing efforts. But what's happened is we have totally forgot about uh, the little data, like the, the individual. Um, and, and as companies are growing, as companies are, are leveraging more and more Technology. What they're doing is they're creating a distance between the real cu- uh, customer. So, uh, for example, the most recent, uh, most current new trend in customer service is mm-hmm. our chatbots.
1: Uh, well, so let's hold. Let's hold up on talking about chatbots because oh, sure. we, we have to take a break. Uh, we're talking to Sean Belding. We're trying to explore what marketing is about and, and what should be goals for uh, attracting and retaining customers uh, in, in 2018 and beyond. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
4: gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com.
1: Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lam and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs.
6: at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care.
7: Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips & Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Our military service members volunteer to protect us in the most dangerous places around the world. They step up. And when they are severely ill or injured, returning to their families is only the beginning of their long road home. Wounded Warrior Project provides these brave men and women whatever they need to continue their fight for independence at no cost for life so now it's time for a grateful nation to step up join us at findwwp.org.
1: welcome back cleveland nick phillips with you with our final segment of the advocate for tonight we're talking to sean belding who's the author of the journey to wow dealing with how to focus on customer experiences and marketing so it's a uh, an interesting thing with technology and so forth, and uh again, Sean, thank you for joining us and by the way, where are you calling from?
8: um I am in Ottawa, Canada right now
1: oh very good hope hope the tariffs aren't being too difficult for you guys <laughs> <There>. well,
8: <laughs> it doesn't impact doesn't impact me too much I don't think but oh <laughs> but, very good but well, I appreciate that well Cana-
1: all Canadians are still our friends. just want you to know that <laughs> so. and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, Oh very good well, you know uh with your marketing background and what we're we're talking about just uh before we went on this last break, you mentioned the term chat box and artificial intelligence uh that's that's somewhat new on the scene over the last decade or so. Uh, how is this coming into play, and, and what can you do with it
8: well i, I we're talking I am just talking about about one of the things that's happened with technology and 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 this is just it was an example so one of the one of the things that's been surfacing in the, over the last two or three years is um uh our companies are adopting chat bots and they're uh these are things that that uh, they uh, inject into live chat so if you go into live chat with um uh, with apple or amazon or something like that on, the, on your computer um there's a chance that what you're really talking to isn't a human being it's a computer so it's like uh, when when back in the early 90s when or sorry, early 2000s when uh, when we started introducing IVR the interactive voice uh, recognition uh, thing into telephones where all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're you're talking to a robot on the telephone instead of a huge person or a live person and One of the things that's happening with chatbots is companies are trying to integrate them in so that you don't know. So you'll go on to their website and you'll start a live chat and you don't know you're talking to a robot. You think you're talking to a person. And then next thing you know, you're getting transferred to a person. Um, And, you know, the thing about all this technology is is that it's pushing us further and further away from human contact. Because we were talking about that being loyal we're we're loyal to people people are loyal to people you can have the most respected brand in the world but if that human being that you're talking to that represents that brand uh, is rude to you or is not helpful or uh, just simply doesn't help doesn't seem to care about you that that will take over from whatever reputation the brand has oh well, sure well so one of the thing yeah one of the things that's happened is technology over the last 10 15 years has Has created this gigantic gap in um, in our ability to connect with our customers and our customers' ability to connect with us, and I think it's been done. The gap has been done. A lot of it's just cost savings. It's a lot cheaper uh, to have a robot talking to people than a human being talking to people, Um, and we think of it as being more efficient. But that's really one of the biggest things that's caused uh, some of the frustration amongst all of us customers is that is that we feel that we're dealing with this great big large company that doesn't care about us, they're faceless, they're nameless, I have no way to talk to anybody, and I'm just a number.
1: Well, getting getting through this, I, I know as I'm thinking of what it's like with banking in the banking industry. We used to know our our bank tellers and our branch manager, and now we do all of our banking online. And uh, with that, you start uh, showing up once a year at the bank to see how... How everyone is aging is about what you do. Uh, and, and you see that, uh, yeah, if another bank came along, you may not be as loyal because you're not having that social contact element to, to what's going on. Well, let's talk about your book for a moment. You have a book called The Journey to... And uh, essentially, uh, it's, it's an instruction guide. It's a story. It's a made-up story about uh, a business that you use to teach lessons. Uh, is that correct?
8: It is. It's uh, it's a business parable. I've written five other books and and just a traditional business book style. And one of the things that I think it finally soaked into my head is that people really pay attention. So if I was doing a a keynote presentation, the part that people seem to always remember are when you tell stories, little examples and stories and parables. So I decided to write the whole book as a parable.
1: Well, sounds very much like uh, years ago. There was a book out called "What's what, It?" Who moved my cheese, or someone moved my cheese? Absolutely. Uh, the story about the mice. Uh, if you recall that story, but it. it
8: yeah, I hope mine sells as well as Spencer Johnson's did. I really do. <laughs> this is my goal.
1: Well, well, it uh, makes for easy reading, uh, and uh, thank you for a copy of it. I, I took a look at it, and uh, what what are you trying to accomplish with the book? And it makes for easy reading, so you get these these. Stories that uh, you can uh, obviously, when you mention a parable, you can see how it applies to real life. But uh, what what is your goal with the book?
8: What I want, what I really wanted to do, is to take the concept of what is you know customer experience—that that that sort of catchphrase—and put it into reality. It really is quite a complex concept uh, in terms of delivering uh, outstanding customer service and in creating loyalty to customers and what we have call a, a wow factor, it's actually a fairly complex process. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, and if you get too clinical with it, as in, in a normal business book, then, uh, you know, all but the very um, uh, sort of geeky followers of customer experience are going to Enjoy it, but but the, the truth is, all of us are customers. We all, as a customer, we all understand what a customer experience is, what our journey is. We've we've all had the same frustrations with dealing with, you know, tele- people on the telephone, with dealing with people in live environment, mm-hmm. with with things we buy. So we understand from a customer's point of view what doesn't work and what does work. So what the book tries to do is to is to Using a fictitious company and it's a manufacturing company that uh, that manufactures small appliances um, and and a guy that walks guy basically walking through uh, this three levels store with with a very eccentric and eclectic um, uh, uh, woman who uh, uh, who takes him shopping and and basically teaches him the lessons all the way through and he's able to he's able to sort of uh, Take that and translate it into different types of business and different things, um, and I had a lot of fun writing it. But what it does, though, is it—I think—it it brings the concept of customer experience down to the level that's really important, which is how it impacts the customer. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if a company thinks they're great; if your customer thinks that you're horrible, then well, you're horrible. So that's sort of where it comes
1: to. Well, just uh, you know, listening to you, I'm thinking of how this lawyers who are building a law practice, bankers, real estate salesmen, um, CPAs, insurance uh, company agents, and any time you have to go out and uh, sort of establish relationships with people, uh, this is it. What, what, what is, uh, We have a couple of minutes here. What, what are a couple of the biggest lessons that we can take away from sort of learning how to go to a wow factor with our customers?
8: absolutely um i the number one lesson that i hope everybody walks away from and, and it, the book sort of leads up to it is to is if you really want to be success if you want to be like a, an amazon that has that wow factor that mm-hmm. really has that loyal following lose the quid pro quo mentality um stop thinking transactionally so uh, you know with a customer well i'll give you something if you give something to me um, if you look at, at what Amazon does, they will, they'll just say, you know, if, if they send you the wrong book uh, and you call about it, they'll say, just hang on, hold on to the book you've got, we'll send you the right one, just keep the other one. They'll, they'll send refunds. They're, they, don't, they don't wait for that if you do something for me. Um, when you think of, of those are the things people remember, that's what creates loyalty. Loyalty is reciprocal. So if we want loyalty from our customers, then we have to be loyal to them. Uh so that's that's the big that's the number one big lesson but the second one is is to understand that that what truly drives the customer experience is leadership and if you don't have leadership from the top from the CEO of a company uh, through to every manager that's focused on it it's not going to happen so those are really if the, the two big things
1: well certainly worth do that and you know as you mentioned these things they don't sound that um- That new, sounds like these are the things that we've been looking for 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 decades, if not for centuries. Uh, They they do seem to work.
8: Yesterday, I came in, I, somebody reminded me that, that, I think it's 1934, the movie uh, Miracle on 34th Street,
1: mm-hmm.
8: um, uh, and if you, one of the core elements in there was when Santa Claus at Macy's was directing people to Gimbel's to go and buy the goods, and, and of course, which would be outrageous by any time, but that whole idea of selflessness, the idea of looking after a customer's, being focused on a customer and not just their wallet.
1: Very, very good Very good rules to live by, among other things. Uh, so, well, thank you so much, Sean Belding, for joining us uh, talking about some marketing issues today. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only
0: my mind for company Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. (laughs)